Welcome to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And before we get started with the show, I wanted to ask everyone listening right now, if you can, it would be really amazing if you could share this podcast with a friend. That would actually mean a lot to me, and you would help us out a lot in making sure that we grow this podcast, which will be releasing episodes quite more often than I was releasing episodes previously. So be on the lookout for that. I, I do have a lot of guests uh, lined up here in upcoming weeks. So you will definitely have more content. So if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe wherever you might be listening to it. We're on different platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, even Facebook as well. Uh, and with that being said, social media wise, you can find us at the 209 Journey on Twitter. Also on Facebook, just search for the 209 Journey and you should be able to see it there as well. So let's get started with tonight's episode. Let's go. So our special guest today is a Sherlock native. Uh, she actually went to my alma mater, CSU Standard Laws, where she majored in communication and media studies. Currently, she's the lead reporter for Sherlock Journal and she also writes for the 209 Magazine produces the Studio 209 show, and also co-hosts the 49 Carrots podcast, a 49ers podcast also. Angelina Martin, welcome to the 209 Journey. How's it going? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Uh, it's going going well. I It's it's a nice Wednesday evening. Can't complain. And, uh, happy to be here. Yeah, th- thank you. Thank you for being here. I know uh, weather-wise, supposed to be getting a little warmer. I know the tweet you just posted not too long ago. So yeah, it's, it's going to be know. 80 this weekend. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I I guess, you know, the weather's actually trying to fulfill my wish because when it got too cold, I was like, all right, just give me 80, 90 degree <laughs> weather again. And I got to be careful what you wish for, I guess. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and get started with uh, something that I like to start every podcast with. And that's all about you really telling me more about growing up in the 209 and for you specifically in Sherlock. So tell, tell me more about how that was like for you. Yeah, so I grew up in Turlock, uh, born and raised here, as you mentioned, and I grew up on Mitchell Avenue, which is kind of near the west side of, of Turlock, but not quite to the tracks um, near the downtown area. So if you know where KFC and Fails Donuts are. I lived right on that street um, that goes away from those two businesses. So it was an awesome place to grow up. Um, I was raised by my grandparents. Uh, Both of my parents were unable to care for me due to drug addiction issues. And so um, my grandparents became my legal guardians. They raised myself and my brother. And honestly, like I would say they they did a stand-up job. I mean, I turned out okay. So um, it was a great place to grow up uh, in Turlock. I went to Turlock schools. We would spend weekends fishing. My grandpa would take us fishing at the old fisherman's club along the Tuolumne. I don't know if any of your listeners have ever been there, but it's an awesome place. And I mean, yeah, growing up in the 209 is, is different because it's a, especially in Turlock, it's a small town feel where everyone knows everyone, but over the years it's gotten bigger and bigger, right? As, as more people move here and and the city expands outward into the the country. So, um, but about me, I mean, I I went to Turlock High School, my freshman school. I took journalism class for the first time ever there. I ended up um, transferring to Turlock Christian. I played 
travel softball my whole life, played a year of varsity of softball at um, Turlock High, played three years of varsity softball at Turlock Christian, went on to play softball my freshman year at Stan State. And then um, I just kind of made the decision that it wasn't for me anymore. Working, I started working at the university police department at the college. So um, it was, that was a great time. And then that was when I decided that I wanted to be a journalist. So you know, I went from softball being my life to writing being my life in the span of like two years. And now I'm here. Um, and I still haven't left Turlock. So it's, it's a great town. I love it. And I love covering the news here. So couldn't ask to be anywhere better. Yeah. And I think for anyone covering any any local news, especially for like Turlock, you need to have someone that actually grew up there right especially so people can relate to that person and and you know everything that there is to know about the town and so it's it's good (laughs) yeah um you know everyone that I work with makes fun of me because (laughs) when I interviewed for the job I told you know my now my now boss who was interviewing me at the time I told her that I grew up reading the Turlock journal and I grew up like looking for my name in the sports section when we would have games mm-hmm. and um, grew up like that was my first introduction to news. And so I told her that it was my dream job <laughs> to work there, which they laugh at because, you know, it's a small community newspaper, but really like exactly what you said, there's no cooler thing than to grow up in a town, to live here all your life and then be able to like cover it. It's so fun because obviously I know the city, like the back of my hands, like if there's a car accident that I need to go out to, I know exactly where that is without having to look it up on Google maps. You know, the business owners that have been working here for decades because, you know, you were once a little kid going into their store. Now you're going back, asking to write an article about them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I, I love to do it. You know, when you told me where you grew up at or the area, it, it just gave me flashbacks to this really great place. And I don't know if you remember it, but it, it was a taco bus of sorts on Canal Drive. Um, you could actually eat inside yes. the bus. You remember going there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And you know what? I didn't even like register that it's gone until you just brought it up. <laughs> Yeah, like what happened to it? I know exactly where you're talking about on the corner of Golden State and Canal and that little gravel lot. Now there's a Starbucks there, which is insane. You know, um, Starbucks popping up everywhere. Dutch Bros too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I went there. It's super cool. It would get hot in there, but like you have to do it at least once. It's like a rite of passage of living in Turlock. I think he had a little fan, if I remember correctly, because I, I actually was there during really hot days and... I yeah. think he had something because otherwise I probably wouldn't be in, <laughs> inside of <a> us. <laughs> the food was worth it, though. It was. And, you know, I, the story I always like to tell is that, you know, I, I really um, befriended the guy who would do everything right. I mean, this was an older guy. He was probably in his 60s and he would cook. He would take your order. He would bring your order out to you. Right. And one time I actually had just parked on the street and. I was, you know, going to do my usual thing, right? Okay, I'm going to do my order, which was usually a carne asada burrito. And he already had it ready for me. He literally just like had the bag (laughs) and he's like, all right, you know the total. And he was one of the few taco, I I say taco truck, but taco bus, but just people get the idea (laughs) that actually would actually take credit cards. 
So that's how I started going more because I really don't carry cash with me. So yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day, how like you would have to go to the taco truck in town that accepted debit, like if you didn't have cash. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that the other, the other day. I was like, wow, like now all of them take card. But I remember when like cards weren't really a thing yet, you know, and it was like the select few. That's funny. you brought that. I was literally just thinking about that, like how far we've come. Yeah. I, I, and you know, even when he would take card, it, it was always beyond me. I'm like, how doesn't no one else take card? Like you could have so much more business if you just got, and all he had was just a little card reader that was connected yeah. to a cell phone. Like it was that, that simple. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, but I'm not sure what happened, what happened to him. Um, you know I, what? I, I think he moved. Would be my I'm idea. a reporter. I will get on the case and I'll let you know. <laughs> I will find out. It's my new mission. Yeah, but please, please do so because I, you know, the, the guy was really great. I know last I heard actually, um, I mean, I, I don't know when it happened or what, but I know that he was saying that he was um, trying to sell the business, you know, every, literally the whole bus and, and all that because, uh, you know, he was already at an age where he should have already been retired and his right. kept telling him, right, like you should already retire to sell it already. And so I think he may have sold it, but that's probably it. I'm not sure where they moved. I would assume that if someone buys it, they're probably in the area somewhere in the 209. So yeah, if we could find it. I, I want to go back there wherever they're at. <laughs> yeah, this is a call to action to all listeners. If you see the taco bus, let us know. <laughs> yeah, and take a picture. I mean, there might be other imitations already out there, but I, I know he was pretty unique, at least from my understanding, from me knowing other taco trucks, that was the only place you can actually eat inside. Yeah. In the, I mean, I think just in general, I've never heard any other place in the country, in the world in general, where you no, can do seriously. that. So. Only in Turlock. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're talking food, uh, this is actually a perfect segue. And this is something that I'm going to start doing with all the guests. But uh, how about we give a favorite shout out to, you know, like your favorite restaurant. It could even be more than one if you have more than one. And, and just like a place in town as well. Uh, non-food okay. related. <laughs> so I'm going to go like old school somewhere that I used to go a lot. Um, Middle school, like somewhere I used to go a lot and still go. And then one of my new faves. Okay. So old school is definitely El Rosal. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they used to be over by the prime shine off golden state in that little um, shopping center. It's called the Turlock town center, but anyway, they're the best Mexican food. Then they moved over by Costco and now actually um, they're not open right now. Their, their old Costco location is becoming a marijuana dispensary and they're supposed to move back into that original location that I used to go to as a kid. So that was somewhere like my family would go for every single birthday party, um, every, like after softball games, like anytime we went to eat somewhere as a family, it was either like pizza or El Rosal. And my family all moved up to Oregon. So I'm the only one left here. So I don't really like do family dinners that much anymore. Um, and then somewhere that's always been a constant for me is Jura's. Uh, I know like, have you tried Jura's before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been there okay. once. Yeah. It's okay. It's a pizza parlor, but like, I don't go there for the pizza. The pizza's great, but the real like draw for me is the hot wings. I think they're the best hot wings, not only in Turlock, but in the 209. So if you've never had Jura's hot wings, check them out. 
And one of my new favorites is a downtown restaurant that opened a couple of years ago called First in Maine. Um, my boyfriend and I love to go there like on date nights. Something just fell off my desk. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we like to go there on date nights, um, like special occasions. It's just a good excuse to like get cute and go out to dinner and the food and cocktails are amazing. So those are, those are my big three. You know, I've had a vegetarian burger at that last place you just mentioned. It was yeah. a couple of year, years back. It was pretty good. And El Rosal, I've been to their other locations, not the Sherlock ones, but yeah. the ones in like Modesto, Riverbank. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm surprised they're moving because I felt like the their location near their freeway was perfect, right? But maybe I'm assuming rent was higher because of that. Yeah, I believe the building owner sold the building to the dispensary. So um, I don't. I don't think, or I think El Rosal owned the building and they, whoever owned, sold it to the marijuana, the marijuana company that's, that's moving in. Um, so I'm sure, you know, that was a really high price that the dispensary paid because I mean, we've seen so far, there's two dispensaries in Turlock and the one by the freeway is doing a million times better than the one that's like in the middle of town. So I'm assuming this third one really wanted really, really, really wanted that spot right by the freeway. Um, so I'm sure they were, they were willing to pay a, a hefty price for it. So, you know, it's, it's surprising and kind of sad. I'm glad they're able to move back to their old location, but yeah, it's pretty crazy, um, that, that they are, are moving after so many years there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's what happened. And they were like, you know, if, if you get a really good offer, you can't deny it. Right? We're just exactly. Go back to <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> um, yeah. People still go. Right. I could think of places that I like to go to, even if they're not right off the freeway, you'll still make the drive because the food's worth it. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. So looking at like non-food related places, if, if someone not from Sherlock um, or who's never visited Sherlock would ask you like, what's that one place I should go to? Like what place would you direct them to that they definitely need to go to? Well, this is funny. Um, cause it's like fairly new, but God, I love it. It's the 10 pin fun center. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's Turlock's bowling alley. There's an arcade, there's a restaurant, there's awesome bars with awesome cocktails. Um, honestly, like before the pandemic, we were going there multiple times a week because it's so fun. Like you can get a drink, you have a wristband, you can take your drink into the arcade and play kind of like, um, a Dave and Buster's situation. Um, and just really, really great people work there and, and we love it. So that's probably the most fun thing to do in Turlock, unless you like to eat. Um, if you like to drink and dance, there are some bars on like the utter place grand crew it's really it there used to be a club type atmosphere called red brick but that went away um i'm like the pandemic changed me i'm like sitting here like what do i do for fun (laughs) i watch netflix now you know um but yeah if i had to pick like one place interlock to go probably 10 pin uh, another recommendation would be an academic soccer game their Turlock's semi-professional soccer team and I mean, it speaks for itself. Who doesn't want to go watch a pro soccer game? They have a lot of fans go out to the games and they're, they're really good. They, um, they lot off like smoke bombs and stuff when they score goals. It's just a, a fun atmosphere. Yeah. And, and I can vouch for that. Cause I just went to my first game uh, last weekend and I'm looking forward to 
going to more games this season. Yeah. Too. I'm so happy that like more people are finding out about them and like supporting them. It's great. Yeah, they're doing a great job uh, over there. I mean, I, I just actually just interviewed a couple episodes back, uh, Michael Rocha, right, their GM, and we had a good conversation about that. And it's it's great, right? We're, we're giving more sports for Sherlock and more things for people to do on the weekend. And, it, you know, it, it's growing. <laughs> yeah, and soon um, there will be WPSL games to go to because they just uh, announced that they're part of the the WPSL's expansion. So we'll actually have a semi-professional women's team in Turlock, um, which is like basically division two when it comes to, to women's professional soccer. So super exciting. I'm stoked. Yeah, that's really awesome. I mean, like I said, they're, they're doing great things in Academica and, and even more great things to come, I'm sure. Right. I mean, yeah. who knows, right. The sky's the limit for them. And, <laughs> and they're, they're in a really awesome location as well. And I mean, the location just like shouts Central Valley. And yes. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it too, right? I mean, you, yeah. you experience everything Central Valley if you go to a game. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. You're going to get the mosquitoes, the, <laughs> the farmland, and it's right next to um, a Catholic parish church. So it does more Central Valley than that. I love it. <laughs> when you were saying earlier, 10 pin actually went there before they opened, but pandemic hit. Oh, and yeah. I haven't been able to actually go there now that they're open, but never get a chance. I, I definitely want to go because I, I enjoy bowling, but I haven't done it since before the pandemic. So I'm long overdue. <laughs> yeah. Um, get the gutter ball. It's a really good drink. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so do they name them after like bowling terminology? Yeah, there's, Everything is... <laughs> I'm like trying to think that's, I'm like, maybe that's the only one that's named after a bowling <laughs> term, but um, that's just what I always get. So that's, that's why the name is right at the top of my head. I, they have, they have a lot of other good drinks though, too. Okay. Yeah. But I think that one's called that because like you might end up in the gutter if you, if you drink one too many, <laughs> well, your, your bowling ball, not your body. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Who knows? Right. Depends on Maybe, me. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Depends on how the night goes. <laughs> um hopefully it's like towards the end of your bowling game and all yeah. at the beginning yeah, yeah. <laughs> so moving on to uh our alma mater stan state of course i have to bring Ooh-hoo. them up because you know I, I always do like to bring them up uh i know you majored in uh, communications and media studies you you were there from uh, 2011 to 2016 so at some point maybe we came across one another too uh, let me know more about like why did you choose your major? Like what what led to you choosing that? And and also was Stan State always like your first go to option? Yeah, so Stan State was always my go to option just because um, I wasn't ready to leave yet, and I also knew that I could play softball there. So I was a recruited walk on. I didn't have a scholarship, but. Um, they did ask me to come, come play for the program. So to me, like I hadn't really been recruited by any other schools and I wanted to play softball. So it was a no brainer. I mean, it was in my hometown and I could play uh, for a softball program that I grew up watching. So that was what led me to Stan state. Um, and now looking back, like I would tell anyone from any city, any state to come to Stan state. Cause I think it's a great school. Um, it gets, you know, Sometimes people give it a bad rap because it's in Turlock, but I think Turlock's a really fun place and it's definitely what you make of it. So 
Um, I definitely enjoyed my time there and I actually started out as an English major. Um, I thought I was going to be an English teacher because I really just like writing and reading. Um, that's, that's like all I'm good at. So, uh, I went with the intention of becoming an English teacher, had no idea like what the path was even to do that, but I thought majoring in English would be a good start. And then I took a writing for the media course and I realized this is really easy to write for a newspaper. And so I was like, do I want to write like a book and be an English teacher? Cause that's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be an English teacher and like write a novel on the side when I was at home, you know, and become like the next JK Rowling. Literally. That's what I thought. And I was like, or, you know, I can like actually be guaranteed to, instead of be teaching and like doing writing on the side, I can make a living writing. Cause once I took that media course, I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. So I was like, okay, how do I become a journal? Like, how do I do this? And so I obviously found out that you major in communication studies. Stan State didn't have a journalism program at the time or a journalism major. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, communication is what's like my options with that. And then I realized like the, the thing I loved most in life was sports um, and, and coupled with like writing and maybe talking to people, I was like, maybe I can become a sports journalist or even a, a sideline reporter, you know, like, um, I would see Amy G interviewing players after the game during giants games and things like that. And think that is what I want to do. So then, you know, I started, um, working for the school paper at Stan State. I was an editor for the paper. Um, and that was when I realized like, all right, sports is really cool, but you know, community news and writing about Turlock is also really fun. Cause I did the community beat for the school paper. So I was writing about businesses in town and, and all that stuff. And so while I always had sports in the back of my mind, come senior year, my last semester, super senior year, um, <laughs> I, there became a job opening at the Turlock journal. And so I applied for it while I was still going to school, started out part-time and then ended up full-time and now I'm here. <laughs> so it was, it was quite the, like, kind of changing my mind about things, but really it was all in the same realm. I knew I wanted to do words basically, whether that was writing them, reading them, speaking them. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up here. You know, I do have aspirations to follow that, that passion for sports. Um, but I mean, I've been at the journal six years and it's, it's been great. And I do cover high school sports and some pro sports. So I do get to fulfill that, that side of my heart, you know? Oh, that's, that's good. And that you're able to cover two different worlds. Right. And still, right. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Still do what you like to do and, and follow what you like to follow. So it's, it's good. You found that place that lets you do both. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of like the signal, um, what was like the first article that you had to write for them and like, just talk oh to gosh. us more about like what what that was like, right? Because it's like your first article, and so you have to figure out, okay, how do I even start this, and what do I write it on, <laughs> and all that. My first articles, I'm pretty sure I can still go back on the website and read them, and I have, and they are a tr- horrible. Um, I I I believe my first article that I wrote, and I I could be wrong, um, but it was about this apartment complex across the street from the school, the Vista, which 
is built now. It's um, the tallest buildings in Turlock. And it, I would say, based on my experience covering the city, it's a problematic <laughs> complex. There's like, there's always something going on, like a fire alarm or people stuck in an elevator, um, just crazy stuff. But I wrote was how the neighborhood around that empty lot didn't want the apartment complex there. And so um, I remember thinking, okay, so what inspired the story was there was a fence along the backside of the property and it said like no to apartments or something with a big phone number. And so I was like, great place to start. (laughs) I'll call that number. And so, yeah, I ended up calling the number and talking um, to the neighbors and finding out why they didn't want this next to their um, house, their homes. And I also had to, you know, look through city documents, see the plans for the apartment complex. So honestly, it was like probably the best thing I could have started out with because it required me to do some, you know, investigating. I saw the sign. I called the number. I talked to people, which when you first start out, it can be very daunting, like calling people out of the blue and asking to interview them, which now I'll I'll do it to a person standing on the side of the street. Like, I don't care. But um, and then I had to, you know, learn how to go onto the city website and look up planning agendas and look at, um, you know, planning projects and blueprints and, you know, see city staff reports and really look through them and see what the story was. So that was the first thing I ever wrote about. And I don't think anyone at Stan State really cared that much. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say, I I remember reading that. I feel like it was that one. I you feel like it was it? that article, yeah, because I, I was really curious as to know like what was being built there at the time, right? And then when I found yeah. out it was a complex, I was like, I wanted to know more about it because I I was a student blogger with um, admissions and outreach uh, at Stan. So I was like, if there's something I could blog about, there might that might be the thing. And so I, I read more on it too, and I, I think I may have read your article because I, wow. I would read the signal. Yeah. You were the one person that read it. (laughs) It's really, I mean, it was cool just to, you know, realize like, all right, you're not allowed to have an opinion, you know? Um, That's what I try to do most with what I write. And to this day is just like present both sides and let people make up their own mind. And so it was like, yeah, I totally understand why these people don't want three story buildings peering into their backyard. You know, I totally get that. Um, or basically a dorm situation right <laughs> behind them. But then I was like, students need more housing, you know? So it's like, you get to see both sides um, as a as a journalist. And it's it's nice sometimes. It keeps your perspective in check. Yeah, yeah, that, that was an interesting dilemma, right, at the yeah. time. And that, yeah, I still remember that. And I know some people that live there and I would hear all the stories and all that. And yeah, there were just there are a lot of things that I was like, I don't know where that happens, but <laughs> yeah, and you know what's secure. funny? We don't even have the city of Turlock doesn't even have a fire engine that could reach up to a th- third floor. <laughs> oh, so if there was a fire, <laughs> we'd have to wait like for a fire truck from a different town. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't make, mean to make it so serious, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, come on, <laughs> poor planning. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It shouldn't have been. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, hopefully that changes because if anything does happen, 
they need to make sure that they, they can stop it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's crazy is that was like, oh my God, that was like, um, maybe nine years ago. I'm not good at math. Yeah. Probably nine or eight or nine years ago. And the guy whose number was on the sign to this day, I'm, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He'll message me when like things happen at the apartment complex. Like, Hey, just let you know, like, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it, <laughs> but he's really nice. And it's just funny that, you know, still I'm, I'm in contact with him. And I think that's the other good thing, right? Is that like, you're forming these connections with people, right? So if anything happens, they're like alerting you like, Hey, you remember that thing you were about? Yeah. I got some updates on that. If you want to say, yeah. <laughs> is that normally yeah, how it happens with other people? Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, you just meet people and um, they keep you in mind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, before I kind of shy away from the topic of Stan, you know, I have to ask this question, but what, what were some of your favorite moments while you were at Stan? Uh, not just with the signal, right. But just in general as a student and maybe doing other things on yeah. campus. I mean, uh, my freshman year playing softball, even though, you know, it was obviously hell and I ended up quitting, um, <laughs> which I think we had 10 girls quit the team the same time I did before my sophomore year. So it was, it was really fun though. Moments that weren't spent like the moments that we were just with each other, like whether it was on the bus or, you know, um, in the hotel rooms where we would stay on road trips, like it's, it's surreal to me. It feels like a different lifetime, but I love looking back on those memories and, you know, all my teammates are like having kids and married now. So it's um, those were some of my favorite memories. And then, um, working at the university police. So after I stopped playing softball, I got a part-time job and I was a student officer and I would go around campus and lock up the buildings every single weeknight. So Monday through Friday, every night I was, um, either it started out driving around a golf cart on campus and then we got to ride the segways. So I would segue around campus every single night. Um, locking up every single door that you see at Stan State. It was a really cool job, but I made some of my best friends working there. Like I ended up living with one of my coworkers and his boyfriend for two years. And, um, we just like had so much fun every, all the students that worked there. It was like, you know, in college, you join sororities, you join fraternities. I never had to do that because I had my softball team. And then, you know, when I started working at the university police department, we like had our own friend group. Like I was able to make friends that way, which was really cool. And I just, I'll just look back on it as some of the funniest moments of my life. Just like riding a Segway around campus with like one of your f- best friends, you know, and I had some pretty nasty falls on the Segway. I'm not going to lie, but, um, that was definitely the best part of college was working there. And we had warrior day, uh, every year, which was like this huge concert where everyone gets super drunk. And I never actually attended warrior day because I was always, working as a narc um, with the police department. And so my job was to take pictures of people when they got put in the drunk tank at warrior day. And I saw friends get arrested. I saw, it was very rare that they would get arrested. Like it was only if they did something bad or like resisted an officer. And really then they like get sent to the police department and their parents have to come pick them up. Right. But it was a lot of fun. Um, And, you know, just gave me an appreciation for, for that part of the university, um, 
when it comes to public safety and everything that they do, like active shooter drills and um, everything that they do to keep the campus safe. So that was that was definitely the the best part about going to Stan was working at the police department. Well, that, that's interesting. Just locking doors at night. Yeah, like, I, I wow. do want to make that clear. I just, I for the most part, I just locked up the doors. I did not give many tickets. <laughs> didn't sit right with me, so <laughs> I stuck to locking up campus. Which I would work um, four-hour shifts, and I can say this because my boss, the chief of police, was my uncle. So, and we've already talked about it. But my shift was four hours, and it literally took me an hour to lock up campus. So I would literally lock up campus and then just go chill in like a classroom and watch Netflix on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best job ever. Like he hooked it up. It was great. <laughs> well, uh, you could have given all the tickets you wanted. I always followed uh, the rules. I, I always had my parking pass. So um, I, I wanted everyone to check actually, because parking pass was a little expensive. So I was like, dude, oh my all. God. The highway robbery. I don't even want to know how much it is now. Like, I can't even imagine how much it is now. Cause I mean, think like I was in college six years ago, like pre- inflation, you know? Oh yeah. It's probably like 500, $600 at this point. Right. Cause it, it seemed Dude. like it kept going up like at least $50 each year. So yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Have you seen like the new student center? Um, you probably voted for it while you went there. I know I voted for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And then they just redid the library as well. And I'm just like, the library, I don't know if you've seen that, but it is unrecognizable. It's amazing. And I'm just like, God, should I go back to school? Like, <laughs> I want to enjoy all these things. Like, if that was there, if, if it was like that, when I went there, I never would have left. Like, I would have stayed on campus all day, which is exactly what they're trying to do with that. But it's you gotta check it out. You gotta check out the library, dude. It's cool. I actually went um recently, but they were locked. Like, you know, you can really go inside unless you had an appointment. But uh I-, I felt the same way you felt. I was like, why did they do this after we like leave? Right. And yeah, now I'm just thinking, like, I, I want to go back. I mean, I think <laughs> I'm just gonna go get another bachelor's and whether I need it or not, I'm just gonna go back and just experience this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I had the same thought. So I feel yeah. And I think it's really good that they did that, right? And I think anyone touring the school, it's going to stand out even much more now, right? Uh, because before the the waterfalls were like the thing, right? The fountains, right. That, that was the main thing, right? The people I think left after seeing the campus. And now after seeing all these things, it's like, well, now we have other things that people could leave with that image of that might kind of encourage people to say like, I want to go here because I'll actually be able to enjoy the campus and I'll have to go out right and, yeah. and just have everything there because I, I'm, I'm on your boat I, I wouldn't really enjoy it as much I would just go out and just go get food <laughs> come back yeah. wait for class to start and then I, I'm getting out of the car and going to class so yeah and now the the buildings match the beauty of the campus you know with all the the lakes and stuff it's really nice Although Bizzini's next, I have to say. I don't know when they're going to oh, yeah. remodeling that, but they need to remodel that. And let, let's I put think some that's stairs last. in there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's last on their list, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think that one's going to require uh, a lot more. <laughs> and, you know, I did find out that a lot of the new buildings and everything have, like, this was already the case with the new science building that they put in, like, probably six or seven years ago all of the new doors lock by themselves. So I'm like, 
I would have been out of, uh, I wouldn't have had a job if all, the, <laughs> if all the buildings were new, you know? So I'm like, damn, it's good when I, I got out when I did. <laughs> or maybe your job would have just been like, just double checking each door, right? Because it fails. <laughs> Going sometimes. and pulling each one. <laughs> Would have been much Clear. quicker. Yeah. Good. That's funny. Nice. You got seven Dude, hours would, of Netflix now. I would already like swerve by on my <laughs> segue and just like lock it really quick. So it'd be even easier to just swerve by and pull on the door handles. So. <laughs> well, well, that's it's good that they're doing that. I mean, it, it just makes sure that all the doors are locked. And I'm sure they probably have some sort of like card key system now, right? Yes, and, and that's just, exactly right. Wow. No more keys. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's changed a lot, and it's probably just gonna keep like improving and all that. And uh, yeah, we we need to go back. I need to. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to go back for, so there there's no issue there. <laughs> you can find something. Yeah, and you know what I said earlier holds true even more with all the improvements they've made. Like I would, I mean, it's the best bang for your buck college probably in the state. That's what I would say. They have great great teachers, great. Um, facilities now you know and go warriors yeah and and still low cost right I mean they right. do all these things or at, least, or at least as far as I think <laughs> I don't compared, know if they're gonna raise them <laughs> yeah <laughs> compared to other schools <laughs> yeah oh yeah Oof. big difference especially for grad yeah. school I mean that mm-hmm. I, I was so shocked when I <laughs> when I saw how like different it was from other schools yeah. Uh, um. I, now I want to move on to talk more about the the Sherlock Journal. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, you know, to tell me more about like how it was when you got started there. Also, like your first article there. Like, what 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 differences did you notice between being there and and being at the Signal on campus? Yeah. Oh, I love talking about this. So I actually definitely remember my first article for the Sherlock Journal because it was when the CSU Chancellor Timothy White, um, he used to be Chancellor back in 2016, when I started working at the journal, uh, he came to Stan State for a visit. And it was when they were um, raising tuition. So there were some protesters there. So I basically covered like him coming to Stan State. And I I remember being so nervous and I actually got to go afterward and interview him. And so it was me, um, someone from some TV station, I can't remember. And then a reporter from the Modesto B and I was like, it's so funny looking back. Cause I was sitting at that table, like after the whole, his whole speech and going back into this private room where we were getting a one-on-one interview with him. And I was just like, dude, I do not belong here. I'm not ready for this. Like what, why the hell am I interviewing the chancellor? I don't know what to ask him. I don't think I asked him a question. Honestly, I think I just sat there, <laughs> which is hilarious because like, now that's just an average day for me. But at the time it was so groundbreaking. Um, and going back and reading that article now, the first one I wrote for the journal, I'm like, what were you, what are you doing? Like, I, I'm just a completely, I've grown so much since then. Um, not only like personality wise and believing in myself, but like writing as well, I've gotten better. And so it's just, it's funny to look back and I was like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And I'm just like, dude, get to the point. Um, So that was interesting. Working at the Signal, my advisor, Shannon Stevens, who is also um, a calm professor that taught me about the history of journalism. She's the best. She is the reason I was able to seamlessly 
from the school paper into a newspaper. Um, you know, some people go and get their master's degrees and stuff, but I just kind of hopped right in. And she made me think that like a newsroom was going to be the most cutthroat, which you know what? It might just be that my newsroom is really cool, but I was absolutely terrified. I was like, dude, professor, Dr. Stevens, like they're going to eat me alive in this newsroom. Like they're going to tear my stories to pieces. Like this is wrong. You need to fix this. You need to do this. But like, honestly, the Turlock journal is so chill. (laughs) Like it's more laid back than my school newspaper was, which wouldn't change anything about my school newspaper because it should be preparing you for the real world. And luckily for me, it made the real world seem like a piece of cake. Granted, it's the only newsroom that I've worked in personally, but I mean, I've been in other newsrooms and talked to other reporters. And really, if you end up with a good editor and and colleagues that like have your back, it's a, it's a walk in the, in the woods. So Um, That would definitely be like the, the thing that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to kind of get torn apart a little more and maybe like, I'm not giving myself enough credit and maybe I have just been good enough at the job where I didn't need my stuff to be torn apart, but you know, it's definitely not what I was expecting. Um, But I do know that the, the journal is a small paper and it's different than, than a bigger newsroom, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that that makes sense, and you know, I'm glad that it wasn't like that because you, you know, you do you see the movies, you see the stories that that people share on on those things, so it's it's good that and, that didn't happen. Yeah, and you know, if if my next newsroom is more like that, like I'm so glad that here in Turlock with this newsroom was where I was able to start because if I went straight from college, being that girl that was scared to interview the chancellor, if I went into a newsroom that was like cutthroat like that, I wouldn't have survived. But now I'm a seasoned vet, you know, I can handle anything, like bring it at me. I literally don't care as long as you're making me better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no. If that would have happened, I mean, you probably would have been like, let me explore a career change because (laughs) it's not too much. (laughs) Um, Well, on, on that note, actually, um, have you, come across any moments that you know are, are unexpected right something happens as you're trying to cover something has has that happened before I know you said everything's chill but have you had those moments before you know the only thing I can think of is like having to improvise like <laughs> like oh no my camera's not working I can't take pictures like gotta snap on my phone really quick um as far as anything crazy happening to me I can't think of anything off the top of my head um it's I mean we're in Turlock you know (laughs) what I'm saying I've got to do some really cool things like cover 49er games interview MLB players like see elephants and stuff (laughs) stuff like that um but like I can't think of anything like where I was just like, like I saw a video of a, a newscaster on TV getting ran over by a car while she's doing a live shot. Nothing like that has ever happened. Oh. To me. <laughs> yeah, she was fine. She kept going like it was insane, but oh. <laughs> I would have stopped. I would have been like, cut it, get it, get. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, maybe something will come to me, but off the top of my head, it's pretty chill. Honestly, it's pretty chill. <laughs> That's good. No, that, that's a good response. Yeah, <laughs> good right. You, 
you're like, that's why I'm still at the journal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm um, like, yep, no, no risk of dying yet. You know what? Actually, I will say I thought of something that was pretty crazy, oh. but like as a journalist, like live for it. I love, I would go mm-hmm. back to this day a hundred times over. Um, it was the day of the Modesto March during the George Floyd protests, um, Turlock Black Lives Matter planned a march in Modesto that we went to cover. And by the end, like, you know, as many have the protests turned into something it wasn't meant to be when, you know, a few agitators began to harass police and stuff. And it just turns into something that it wasn't meant to be. Right. And so we're in the thick of it, filming it. And it was crazy. I mean, the riot police came out in Modesto, right. In the streets of downtown Modesto, it was so many people, um, so many cops and riot gear. I got, I didn't even know they were out there. I was just filming um, these protesters kind of having a confrontation with the, the normally dressed police officers that were out there. And then someone threw a water bottle at the cop's head and that gave the riot police the excuse to just come in and just start shoving the shit out of people basically. And uh, I I got shoved from behind and I looked and there's a freaking police officer or a sheriff's deputy you know decked out in riot gear with a baton like pushing me out of the way and I'm just like god here we go um I got hit in the foot with a rubber bullet it didn't hurt but I was like damn that could have been my calf or my head um and I remember just like holding my press pass up like they even cared you know (laughs) like they weren't gonna treat me any different um and yeah I was like a little scared but I had been watching it on the news all week and other places and I knew that like my duty was to stay there and record what happened um because that's what we are we're documentarians of history uh but that was probably the craziest situation I've ever been in oh wow you know I remember watching uh Central Valley TV's live uh I was right next to him (laughs) oh okay yeah 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 Yeah, we were we were talking we're hanging out I I see them all the time Um, we actually went on a a marijuana bust a few months ago together we were and the same ride along. So they're great people. They do a good job. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know that. I think they went from there to Stockton because yep. there was going to be another uh, one uh, happening, I think, later on that day. That's exactly. So. He was trying to decide. I was literally <laughs> talking to him. He was trying to decide if he should stay or if he should go. And like, I'm sure he's glad he stayed because that turned out being <laughs> 10 times crazier than the one in Stockton. So which I, I was shocked when I found out that all those things happened here in my hometown and all that. I'm like, What's going on? Those things don't normally happen here, but it was but wild. Um, it. Yeah, we have a video um on the Trollock Journal YouTube account if anyone wants to go see what that day looked like. It was pretty wild. Cool, cool day for me as a journalist. Like, not gonna lie, it was historical. Yeah, and you know that I mean hats off to all you journalists who who do that for us, right? Because we want to know what's going on and, and it, it's good for us to find out these things and and not just hear them from people right but actually be able to watch it and and see what what happened so yeah so I, I know you don't you just mentioned that moment but how about let's go on a different note but mention your most embarrassing moment do you have I know you probably have maybe some <laughs> um as does that happen with the journal <laughs> Oh my gosh I feel like I embarrass myself every single day <laughs> um so <laughs> We have Studio 209, obviously, and I feel like every single episode of that, I embarrass myself. 
<laughs> I did a Twitter thread one time of all the embarrassing things that I've done on that show. It's like, <laughs> and it's not even like embarrassed. It's not even embarrassing. It's just me being an idiot and not caring like what people think of me. Like, um, <laughs> like I can't, I'll tell my producer Frankie to purposely leave things in. Like we did a hiking segment and I fell down a hill I was like, you have to leave that in. It's hilarious. Like it's embarrassing, but it's funny. Um, you know, me dressing up in a like Renaissance outfit and going to the Renaissance fair and like doing catapults and just like being a weirdo, just stuff like that. Um, is really all, it's all self-inflicted embarrassment. I feel, um, (laughs) I can't think of, I can't think like something non-specific that I would think of like some I get information wrong like talking to people you know and they're like actually I'm like oh yes I knew that like (laughs) you know I'm little do they know a lot of times when you're interviewing someone you're learning about the topic on the fly and doing your best to like keep (laughs) up you know but um I I really can't think of anything like specific where I was just like mortified you know (laughs) so I I might think of one while we talk, just like I thought of a crazy moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, if you're one that enjoys leaving like bloopers or leaving something that would get cut off, then you don't, you wouldn't really have an embarrassing moment because you don't really consider them because to yeah. you, it's like, keep them. They're going to make someone laugh. And, and that's, that's, that's good. Um, so that, that's a good trait, by the way. I think it's good <laughs> that, that you, you can. Thank you make fun of yourself because someone else is going to find enjoyment in that. And if they're not having a good day, you just made him laugh. So. Yeah. I mean, right. I grew up watching like Jackass and Andy <laughs> Milanakis and things like that. So I have a, number one, a weird sense of humor. And number two, like will embarrass myself for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, well, um, one last thing I wanted to cover here before we uh, end today's show. Um, I know you also have a podcast. You're like the first person, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong and and I'm sorry to whoever I already interviewed, but I think you're the first that I know has currently a podcast that's going on. And that is the 49ers podcast called the 49 Corrats podcast uh, with Steph Sanchez. Uh, you know, tell me more about how that got started. Yeah. So, you know, obviously um, I I have podcast experience through work. We do podcasts. Um, actually we have one called the 209 podcast for 209 magazine. Um, so kind of same lane as you, but not as focused. Um, we do a broad, broad range of things on that one. And I mean, anyone that follows me on Twitter knows I'm a huge Bay area sports fan. So obviously, you know, giants, warriors, Niners, uh, specifically. And I was approached by a group of people on Twitter that I was already friends with, they were going to be starting kind of a, a conglomerate. Um, a lot of them already had their own podcasts. The plan was to have, um, a website called 49ers Goldmine, where we would produce content, including podcasts and really were interested in me coming on board as a, a podcast talent. They thought that, you know, there was room for a, a female led podcast. And obviously I agreed. I just never thought that, I really had the platform to start one or, or do anything like that. So once they planted that seed in my head, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like there need to be women talking about football. There are so many guys talking about the Niners, right? Like 
I could do that too. I sit and talk with my guy friends about the 49ers 24 seven. And so what came next was I need a co-host. <laughs> so I obviously knew I wanted the co-host to be a girl. And that was when, um, someone sent me Steph's Twitter handle. We'd never interacted before <laughs> in my life. And I sent her a DM and I was like, Hey, this is the sitch. Like we're going to start a podcast with of, of these D are you, are you down? She's like, hell yeah, I'm down. She loves the 49ers just as much as me. She's even smarter than me when it comes to football. So, um, she was really a, like the biggest blessing to me. I think we make the perfect pair. And yeah, from there we, we zoomed like we, we've never met in real life. Like we met on zoom to see if we like, cause if it was awkward, obviously you can't podcast together. Right. And so yeah. we just hit it off immediately. Like, I believe we have the same sense of humor. Like, um, she's really one of my good friends now. And we started a little over a year ago, last January, we recorded our first episode, um, right before the draft talk started. So we've been podcasting all through the Niners drafting Trey Lance, the Jimmy Garoppolo controversy, this crazy season they just had. And, you know, we're still going. So we have over a thousand YouTube subscribers now and almost a thousand Twitter followers. And it is so fun just talking about football with my friend basically. (laughs) And, and like people actually tune in and watch, we do live shows and they comment, you know, while we're streaming. And I, I never would have imagined that, you know, so to just have one person listen, it's like, okay, that's cool. Um, pretty soon we're going to have a 49ers player on the podcast. I don't want to say who it is yet, but, um, We've had the the 49ers team reporter Kiana Martin on our podcast. We've had some local beat writers um, on the podcast that are really popular and, and write great work. So it's really been a cool way to meet more people in the football land and just do something that we like. If you want to meet new friends, create a podcast. I mean, <laughs> we, we both have mentioned that before, right? But I think it's so awesome, like the power of podcasting and, and with Zoom, right? How you could record just as we are doing now and as I've always recorded all the shows that I do and so it's it's really awesome I mean it it is a really great thing that that you guys created that and I'm with you right I always say the same thing I'm like oh as long as I get one listen that's great right and then you end up getting a lot more than that and you're like okay that's really awesome too right but really it's like I don't care how many people listen as long as we get one person even just sending me a message I enjoyed your show great I mean I'll still look at the stats because i'm a big stats guy but um, you're always going to yeah i can't (laughs) help it (laughs) um but yeah yeah that that's really cool i'm really glad that you guys are going to have a player on on the show Uh, i know how how great it is when you're able to interview athletes especially you know when you can use a platform um to actually do so right i mean it's it's something else right i mean I, i have my soccer podcast as well and so i know how it feels when you get to talk to these athletes who you see on TV, who uh, at least like me not being a journalist, I never imagined I'd be like talking to him. Right. But, you know, you get a platform, you get something started. And before you know it, like you get the right contacts and you have them on the show, you get to talk to them and you end the show and you're like, what did I just do? I just interviewed like this guy that I would always see on TV. And I never thought I'd be speaking to him right now, but it just happened. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. Cause like, you know, with Twitter, it's as easy as 
sending someone a message. Like you don't have to be anyone. And, you know, there's people out there nice enough to respond and like take the time, you know, so that would be my advice to anyone like wanting to start a podcast. Like, you know, just do it. You don't, you don't have to be anyone or do anything to start a podcast. Like literally just turn on the microphone and start talking and shoot your shot with anyone that you want to come on your show. Like, I didn't think that the player from the Niners would message me back, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and it all starts with one, right? And that, that's what I always say. You interview one person and then before you know it, it's almost like a tree, right? It just grows and you have other people on. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, I just got this person on. And it was thanks to the fact that you've been interviewing so many people and, you know, they they can go back, look at your backlog and say, oh, this is a show that's already been pretty established. And they've had these people there. I know this person and they refer me there. And so that's that's how I got one of like a legendary player in Mexico, soccer player. I never thought I would get him on, but he went on and uh, yeah, I mean, I was a little starstruck at first, but yeah, it gets better with time after you do interviews and you know, it's just like you're seeing a friend, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like I said, you can totally relate like from when I started to now, like it's crazy. Like where will we be in another six years, you know? Yeah. But the power of podcasting. So if anyone wants to start one, just like you said, right, just get started it's not even that expensive you just get a microphone yeah. which they're not that expensive either as people might imagine so yeah it's, right it's right just there. do it basically <laughs> 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 yeah that 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 quote is spot on always years later it's still... <laughs> do you know I, did you know i was doing the shia labeouf yeah <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> just do it love it yeah oh yeah that meme always gets me <laughs> uh well um uh, one last thing uh you know i i always like to give the guests their time uh to give any shout outs uh this is your, your time to say anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get to say before uh, go for it all right shout <laughs> shout out to love journal shout out to online magazine um follow them on social media if you you know you're listening to this podcast so you're obviously interested in the area um so you can follow us on all social media um if you want to follow me i'm at and writes on twitter and our podcast is at 49k pod on twitter and anywhere you can stream your favorite podcast it's the 49 carats podcast if you're into football just two gals talking the game uh yeah it's gonna be a fun summer of of covering the off-season shenanigans and um that's all I got to shout out that's all I care about in life (laughs) (laughs) shout out shout out my dogs (laughs) yeah that's uh, that's all good well um thank you so much for being on on the podcast Angelina it was really a pleasure to be able to talk to you and learn a little bit more about Sherlock because I feel like you can never know a lot about there and I was just there a couple of years but um, I'm always want to know what's going on because I don't get to go as often now so yeah yeah you you can never know enough about Turlock I'll <laughs> leave with that <laughs> thank you so much again to Angelina for being on the show tonight we all really learned a lot about Sherlock and I think if you're a journalist you've 
found a lot of inspiration in tonight's episode. And also, if you're trying to start a podcast, as as you heard, right, you heard as uh, nerding out two podcasts and and to being able to start one. And that's all it really takes is actually being able to have the idea. You find the people that can start it with you. And as you heard from Angelina, and I actually went through this myself, you usually start a podcast sometimes with people that you don't really know. And then they end up becoming great friends. And I can say that of my co-hosts that I have with my other podcasts that I do. So as I said, if you're trying to meet new friends and if you're trying to talk about a shared hobby, podcasting is the way to go. And I know we were mentioning, right, that as long as we get one listen, that's all that matters. But at the end of the day, really, what really matters is that you're actually able to talk to other people and, you know, enjoy whatever it is that you're talking about, um, especially with hobbies and, and whatnot. It's a really great way to have that time to talk to others about it. And that's the one of the joys of podcasting that, that you get. So if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to the show. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, they also have a function where you can leave a review on their website. So I'd appreciate if you can leave a review on there. Um, you can also leave a review on Facebook as well. Uh, let me know what you'd like to see from their show. If you have any guests that you think would be great for the show, please feel free to send me a message on social media at the 209 Journey on Twitter or just the 209 Journey podcast on Facebook. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to tonight's show. Be on the lookout for our upcoming podcast, which will likely be posted uh, next week. I'm going to try and post a podcast once a week. I know I said a similar thing in the last episode, but now I actually have guests lined up and I'm actually going to be posting an episode at least once a week. So if you subscribe, you're going to find out about new episodes each week. And my upcoming guest is actually going to be another fellow Sherlock native. And so we're going to keep it on the Sherlock theme. So you'll definitely want to tune in to make sure that you listen to that podcast as well. Everyone have a great night and we'll see you next week here on the 209 Journey Podcast.